And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. Uh, this is a two-part podcast. We wanted to get something out quickly on YouTube, so we did. Uh, Alex and I are going to talk here for just about 15 minutes. It's pretty short. And then I have attached Sam Presti's press conference to the second half of this podcast. Um, so in the first part, we don't have all the information. It's like almost just like raw, pure uh, emotion and thoughts about like just finding out that he's out for the year. And then Sam gives a lot more context to um, the injury and through what Chet's going through and what the team's going through. And honestly, you may feel pretty down after listening to Alex and I talk first uh, because it is mostly like, that's such a bummer. It's such a bummer that he's going to be out for the season. But then you may feel a little bit more uh, optimism after listening to Sam. Sam... Uh, is optimistic that he'll make a full recovery. He's optimistic uh, about what he'll be able to do while he's, you know, trying to recover from this. He can still shoot. He can still lift, uh, like upper body stuff. So there's some there's some silver linings that Alex and I hadn't thought of or weren't thinking of in part one that kind of Sam imparts in part two of this. So I wanted to give a quick intro before we head into the podcast to let you know what's coming. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. We'll still have a Friday podcast tomorrow, so tune in for that. Uh, and uh, still, you know, you can still make it a great day. I bet you can. Uh, we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. This is Lee Dort, and I'm down to Dort. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most of Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, never, on Thursday at 9.18 a.m., uh, Alex Spears, um, for a terrible reason, just a terribly awful reason, Chet Holmgren... <laughs> Gonna read, I'm just going to read it. There was a release sent by the Thunder this morning. Uh, first, it was reported yesterday by Sham Sharania and then released by the Thunder this morning that Oklahoma City Thunder <coughs> have announced today that, this is interesting, forward Chet Holmgren. Anyways, forward Chet Holmgren has sustained a this Frank injury. <coughs> Sorry, I'm getting all choked up. This is terrible uh, to his right foot. Uh, Holmgren will miss the 2022-23 season. Further updates will be provided when appropriate. 
And then Sam Presti released a statement. Certainly, we are disappointed for Chet, especially given the excitement he had about getting on the floor with his teammates this season. We know Chet has a long career ahead of him within our organization and the Oklahoma City community. One of the things that most impressed us during the process of selecting Chet was his determination and focus. We expect that same tenacity will carry him through this period of time as we work together and support him during his rehabilitation. Um, you know, I'm not here. I think a lot of people expect me to like want to talk about tanking or whatever. I honestly don't think that this impacts the Thunder like greatly. When it comes to tanking, I think there weren't we're going to be a a, a bad team anyways. Um, so this like honestly just super sucks. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it, and it sucks for a bunch of reasons. Like if this had happened during an NBA game, you're like obviously it sucks too. Yeah. But you're like okay, like this this stuff happens. It's a part of his job. He had to he, part of his job. He had to play. Uh, yeah, the fact that it happened at a exhibition game in seattle Mm -hmm. on a court that was eventually deemed to be unsafe to play on by the second quarter yeah like that's that's the killer and i'm not gonna like zapruder the film to figure out if the court influenced the way he planted his foot because it's the footage is admittedly very grainy it's hard to tell it's hard it's hard to tell yeah you can't tell like how that impacted his ability to then push off it's just the whole situation sucks it does because you can't completely rule it out. Whereas you would feel more comfortable ruling that out if it was like in an NBA game where they got, you know, the guys with the mops coming out all the time. Right. It's just, it's just devastating. And the fact that it's a list Frank injury super sucks. I mean, if, I don't know if I'm sure people have Googled other examples and the thing you'll figure out is that this does not happen a lot to basketball players. Yeah. The, the obvious example is Udonis Haslam. If you if you Google list Frank NBA, that's going to be the example that comes up, mm-hmm. which was way back in like the early Heatle days, mm-hmm. and then that's about it. The, where this mainly happens is in soccer and football, and it's highly variable in terms of the effects it has on guys' career. Like mm-hmm. just some examples: Julio Jones and Brian Westbrook. Brian Westbrook, one of my favorite players from the Eagles, mm-hmm. they both suffered list Frank injuries, came back and had like career years had played a lot more. Mm-hmm. Then there's guys like Maurice Jones-Drew, Santonio Holmes, Cedric Benson, Ronnie Brown, Darren McFadden. These are all guys who had Liz Frank injuries and came back and saw a precipitous decline and then eventually like retired within a year or two. Were there anything, anything to do with age with those players in particular that you can remember? Uh, it's possible. I would have to look these up because all I have right now are the years that they got injured. Yeah. The other thing is we – we don't know the severity. I mean, the fact that he's out for a year kind of gives us a hint to the severity because you it, go it does on and, and it doesn't, it doesn't, oh, it possibly, doesn't it, because possibly, yeah. the thunder were going to be cautious with this, no matter what, you know, this is their number two pick in a season where they are still in discovery mode. Like they're not going to throw him out there when he's 90% ready or even like right after he gets ready. They were even if he was maybe the timeline is March. They're not gonna play him in March, you know. So I don't. We don't. There's just so much that we still don't know. Like the diagnosis of Liz Frank injury is extremely vague. Like it could mean yeah, because you read like foot. the treatments for it, and yeah. it's everything from like wearing a walking boot for four weeks to like having surgery and having like 
five month or six to eight month re, re, like rehabilitation and recovery. Yeah. yeah. The, the only thing that we do know though, is that in all the initial reports from Shams, he said that there was fear of torn ligaments mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, something a little bit more mild, although torn actually doesn't even tell you that much because you can have like a mild tear. tear. So it, we, we really know nothing and I don't anticipate that we're going to get further details i mean maybe well, Presty's going to talk here shortly so maybe he'll to, give yeah we're talking to sam in seven minutes so we're, this is going to be a really short podcast we just wanted to make sure we got something out for you guys quickly yeah so maybe he gives more details and we'll have a better idea of like how serious this is mm-hmm. obviously foot injury for any basketball player mm-hmm. is a huge concern yeah foot injury for seven foot center there's Concern. obviously a lot of examples throughout history that will will get you uh, upset. There's also examples of guys like Joel Embiid coming back and you know playing at MVP levels. Yeah, Dif- totally different injuries, but like it just it just sucks. This is like the the worst case scenario. Like if he breaks his hand, it's like whatever. Right. Not worried about it. Yeah. Breaking his foot. Now I'm I'm worried. It's con- it's concerning. I think if you're not concerned. You're not paying attention. And again, we don't know. and We won't know anything um, for a while on what his recovery looks like, which is also like a huge bummer when it comes to this injury. Um, as far as like how it affects the Oklahoma City Thunder this season, I, I think there's a chance that there are a couple games worse without him. I'm not sure. I think a lot of, a lot of minutes just opened up. A lot we're of gonna, minutes. We're probably going to get to see some... Uh, Poku center experiment minutes more. Yeah. I wonder if they keep Derek Favors now just because they need yeah, a big just have body. a body. And because he has a $10 million contract that can be traded. You know, if you need to trade $10 million, it's pretty uh, easily there. <laughs> I do think that there's a chance he stays now. Um, I didn't just think. Just thinking, oh, this, I mean, this sucks so bad. Yeah. Like just, just thinking about how Chet was going to help SGA's game. Just yeah. by having another person on the court who could legitimately stretch the floor. Spacer, yeah. Spacer vertically and, <sighs> you know, make the floor a little bigger for him. Yeah, it's it's a it's a huge bummer um, that this happened. There's not really any way to sugarcoat this, you know. You yeah. can say that, like, oh, this is going to help them, you know, get the first pick in next year's draft. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think that they're going to be – I always thought they were in, like, the 25 to 28 win range. I still think they're in that same range. Maybe they fall toward the bottom of that, and maybe they have, like, the third worst record in the league now, which will help in a good draft. But also, like, you just want to see your guys play, you know? Like, you just want to yeah, see – you just want to see Chet play. We're entering year three, and we're going into the season – as if we had been uh, the playing team that everyone wants us to be mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because we had like the, the 11th and 12th pick or whatever mm-hmm. it was that we, that we traded for. Like that, this is what that scenario would look like if the team had been in the play in and we had gotten like two late lottery picks or something. Yeah. This is what that would have looked like. And it's fine, but it's not why I watched all that terrible basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you do, you do, I think it gets a little lost that we do get to see like a lot of Jalen Williams this year. Like we probably will see a lot of Jang this year, um, which will still be f- fun. Like I think this team will still be fun, but 
the thing is, and I, I saw this at Summer League, is that Chad is just different. Like, he's just an experience unto himself. Until I miss that for an entire season, uh, it super sucks. And also, like, we're, we're talking about the SGA Giddy pairing. Like, yeah. I actually really felt like uh, Chet was going to help that pairing. Yeah, I agree. I think he's he's an ultimate, like, he's he's a great complimentary player. Um, and it really stinks that you don't get that. Um, yeah. <laughs> sucks so bad. Yeah, it does. Yeah, there's not any, like, great silver linings here. I wish there was, you know. Um, so there was this video posted by Brian Sutterer. Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. So if you haven't seen it, he's this doctor that um, put this video, put the chat video out there. It's like, I think it's pretty good. I think it's quite accurate as to like what happened and how it happened. And to me, it doesn't necessarily look like it was like a slip on the floor. It just was like the angle in which his foot was like he was ex- exploding off of his right foot. Um, so. But yeah. But even that, the fact that these injuries are so rare, yeah, in the NBA, I I just like want to know more. Like, why? What were this? What were the? What was the environment that like allowed this? Obviously, it happened before. You know, on Haslam, I mentioned, but because mm-hmm. uh, remember that somebody had sent it to me uh, yesterday when the news of the injury first came out. Mm-hmm. Rereading the Sports Illustrated article. Shout out to Austin Miles who sent it to me mm-hmm. about how. Chet's biomechanics put him in the lowest risk category for injury. Yeah. Like this wasn't an injury prone guy. Right. At any point during his previous right. NBA career. Right. Yeah. Never had any major injuries that mm-hmm. I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. I think some good some good factors for him is how young he is. I think helps younger guys can recover from stuff like this. Um but it's still <laughs> It's it's hard to it's hard to sugarcoat it. It's hard to make anybody feel. There's no way to feel like really good about this. Um, no, like I'm not ready f- to dive into next year's draft. Honestly, like I don't even care right now. Well, yeah, I understand. I because it's, it's so exhausting. It's we just okay did like out, months like, of that, like interviewing all those people. We hours were gonna and do hours it, and but hours. the thing is, we were going. It, we were going to do it again. Like it was going to happen. I know. I know, but it it wasn't like this. This feels like the entire focus of the season is back on the draft again. Yeah, it does, and I think it. I think it will be, man. I think I mean, it's a huge. It's a huge bummer because the first part of the season, whether or not they won very many games, they weren't going to win a lot of games. But it was still going to be exciting to see like the the baby version, the infant, the infancy of this team. You know, with its theoretical core, like start to play together. You know? Exactly, because that—that's my huge concern. Like, we're losing a year of Chet's development, and yeah. Chet was not a super young rookie. Like, yes, right. he's like young, relatively speaking, but he was not a super young rookie. Right. He's tw- he's so older he, than Josh. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's coming in. He'll be a twenty-one-year-old rookie. Yep. Oh, I gotta go, Al. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, Sam Presti's press conference is starting now. And uh, you're going to hear him right now. Uh, can everybody hear me all right? Just want to make sure I'm not. Yeah. Yep. We can good. hear you. All right. Cool. 
Okay. Uh, so first, just want to thank everybody for joining us uh, this morning. Obviously, I think everybody's aware that earlier today we announced that Chet would be missing this season uh, with the Liz Frank injury to his to his right foot. Um, this is a, a a rupture of the tendon and not a fracture. Um, I think a couple, just a couple of things about about the injury itself. One, this is an acute injury. Um, it's something where uh, it's the result of him basically being pressed down, getting ready to jump, uh, at the exact time that he was getting, he was getting force on his foot, um, a millisecond earlier where he's up in the air already, or a millisecond later where his foot is flat, then you're not dealing with something like this. So, um, you know, I've talked quite a bit about the role of, uh, luck and good fortune and, bad luck and um, the role that plays in our lives and also in, in, in sports. Um, and this is just a great example of getting some, getting some bad luck, you know um, you know, I wish it wasn't the case, but um, you know, this is just kind of the, this is just kind of the hand that we've been dealt. Um, Long-term prognosis is obviously very positive for this. We've consulted with um, three of the uh, top foot specialists in, in the, in the country. Um, everybody's in agreement that um, this is a kind of like a wrong place, wrong time situation. And uh, he's going to make a full recovery. Uh, he also, um, you know, is going to require surgery. There's another consensus on that. So we've taken our time to kind of go through these steps the last couple of days and, and get to this point as we gather more information. Um, you know, I'm obviously really disappointed for Chet um, because this is um, I mean, he was just having a monster summer. Um, you know, he's he's been playing, uh, you know, with tons of NBA players over the course of the summer and it's been been getting better and better and better. So, um, you know, in this case, we're just gonna have to wait a little bit longer for his presence uh, to 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 actually take the floor for us. But, um, you know, I I'm. I know like who he is, especially over the last, you know, few days where I've watched him have to go through and process all of this. And, um, he's, he's absolutely the right guy for us. Um, he's got a great mentality. Um, you know, obviously he was disappointed initially. Um, and I'm sure he still is, but his spirits, is, uh, spirits are high. He's ready to roll in terms of the rehab. And, um, I think he's gonna do a really great job with it. Um, this injury itself, just a little more about that. Um, I know everybody's probably um, played WebMD and Googled a million different things. And um, I'd always, you know, caution against that for your own safety, <laughs> not just for your professional uh, safety. But um, uh, it's a it's an injury that's very, very common in football players. Um, and it, even the season, there's actually four or five of them already uh, during the season. So um, it's not one that's really common in basketball players, like I said, because of just the uniqueness of where the force has to be and the way that people have to have contact. It's a contact injury is the way it was described to me. So um, short-term setback for him um, and short-term setback for us. Uh, there are a lot of uh, NBA players that have had this not exact injury, but have had injuries their rookie season. Uh, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, uh, Blake Griffin, uh, to just name a few, Nick Collison, 
who um, I think is going to be really helpful through this process uh, for for us and for Chet. Um, you know, injuries happen to young players; they happen to old player to older players. Uh, the timing of the injury is is you know is just not something you control. So, um, as far as um, you know, as far as the way that he'll use this time, I've said this before. Whenever we have bad fortune or something doesn't go our way. My experience has always been, at least here, there's always something good that follows that in some way, shape or form. Um, and I'm confident that that's going to be the case here. Like something positive will come from this. Um, as long as we take it in and uh, understand that, you know, we have to have humility and we have to have gratitude as we deal with the setback. And I think with Chet, um, you know, he's going to have a full year uh, or full season, I should say, to focus in on his performance, his body, learn the NBA, uh, get acclimated, build relationships here. I think there's going to be some positives that will come from that. Um, the team itself, um, you know, I think that there'll be other people that emerge. There'll be other people to get opportunity. Um, we'll learn some things. We'll have to figure some things out. And I think we'll be, you know, on the backside of this when we get Jet back. He'll be, you know, he'll come, he'll be coming back to a stronger team. Um, and like I said, we've had our fair share of injuries uh, over the course of time and we have to approach it the same way. If we get bad luck, good luck. I've always tried to kind of instill in our organization that either way we have to handle it with gratitude and we have to handle it with humility because when you're in the NBA, it's, it's a pretty chaotic world and unforeseen things are going to happen. So the ability to kind of keep pressing through that and uh, being able to adapt and adjust is really key. I think about it from a team standpoint, we're trying to climb our second mountain basically in, in Oklahoma city. And um, like I said earlier, there's going to be plenty of setbacks and uh, adversities. And when we, when we, when we get where we want to go, um, we're going to be able to look back at this as well and say, Hey, do you remember when, you know, we had to overcome this as well, I think it's going to actually be something we'll look back upon and, and, and look at it as like a source of pride that we managed through this as well. Um, we're also set up, I think, really, really well because of the fact that, um, you know, we're building something that can be sustainable and we have a long runway with our, with our team because of its age. And uh, Chet will be a huge factor in that, but it's bigger than, one season or one game for us. And um, we just have to be, we just have to be patient as we go through this. Um, I was explaining to someone the other day, if you asked me before the lottery, uh, right before uh, I walked into that room, if I would want to take my chances of going through the lottery with the odds, picking, you know, you could pick between one or you could pick eight. Or the other option is you could have Chet Holmgren but you have to wait a year to get them. I would, I would not let you finish the sentence. So yes, um, it's a little bit of delayed gratification, but that's okay. You know, that's part of, that's part of where we're at right now. Um, but we're still in a very advantageous position because um, Chet's in great hands. Um, Dottie and the group are doing a great job with him. He's extremely motivated and he's going to be able to, to find value and, and work on himself. Um, throughout the season, even though I know that he liked to be on the court. If there's one thing I could say to our fans, I think this is, and this is, this is important. Um, 
you know, this is Chet's first experience really in Oklahoma City. Um, and I think that it's a very special place to play. Um, and I would just tell our fans, let them know that you care. Let them know that you have his back because this is the type of guy that's going to have your back and he's going to have your back for a long time. And I kind of, in a weird way, the way the relationship is starting between him and the fans is, you know, Chet hasn't made a basket for this team yet. So, you know, I think our fans being supportive of him and showing what it's really like to play here and why it's such a special place to play um, without having, without even having put the ball in the basket yet. Um, uh, I think that's pretty unique. And so I would just say, let him know that you care, let him know you have his back. Uh, cause he's going to have yours and, um, he's, he's going to be a special guy for you to watch over the course of time. So, um, that's it. I'd like to take any questions. I know that there's a bunch of, uh, hands up and, um, be happy to, to answer anything with respect to him. Thank you, Sam. We'll start off with Joe Masato. You have your hand up. Go ahead with your question, Joe. Yes, yeah, Sam. Thanks for doing this. Um, has there been a date set yet for the surgery? No, you know, we've been going through that, Joe. Um, first, you know, uh, going through the different physicians. Um, uh, it's just pretty standard practice what you do. Um, but once we got uh, like the consensus opinion, that surgery was going to be required. Um, and this was, you know, kind of the most conservative way to approach this. Um, we just, I decided that we should, we should just make the news public and, and get out in front of you, but we don't have something specific, but it will be in the coming, in the coming weeks, I would say, uh, there's no, there's no specific timeline as to when you need to do this, but um, we'd obviously like to do it earlier once we can get the logistics of that handled. And just to confirm, is the expectation that he's going to be ready and healthy by the 23-24 season? Yeah. Um, I mean, again, the one thing I would say is that, you know, when people give timelines, and this is one of the reasons why we're always careful with this with you guys, um, everybody's body is different. I mean, um, everybody handles things differently. We're going to be extremely conservative and, and, and we are with our players generally. Um, I think you've seen this over the course of time. I mean, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, um, you know, like there's plenty of examples of people that are protecting their guys. Um, in, in this case here, like that's the rough timeline. Um, but you know, I, I don't think that we'll, that we'll be looking at something um, into next season based on every piece of information we have. And it's obviously easy to question things after the fact, but like just your thoughts on any of your guys playing in a pro-am event. And also this yeah. one was obviously drew a lot of attention and that there was condensation on the court. It had to be canceled. Like, do you know, I mean, it might be impossible to tell if that was a factor, but uh, anything you can tell us on that. Yeah, I don't. Well, there's a couple of questions here. I don't I don't think the condensation on the floor was a factor um, because um, I mean, obviously, this happened pretty early and I don't believe that issue came up until later. Um, the way I answer the other question is the the NBA sanctions these places. So it's not like we're making the NBA is kind of making that determination that this is an OK thing to do. Um, and players are going to play in these because the NBA is saying that they're okay to play in. Um, 
The other thing is, um, you know, guys are playing all over the place all the time, everywhere. If you have players that love to play, they're going to play basketball. Every time you step on a basketball court, something like this can happen. It could happen in a game. It could happen in a practice. Um, it could happen in a, a scrimmage. Um, and, I mean, Jet was playing with Embiid and Tatum and Durant and a bunch of other guys a few days before he went up there. Um, it's just part of it. And it's it's also one of those things where people are pushing players to play more. Uh, it's a big, that's a big factor in, in, you know, uh, in the league right now is, is uh, load management and things of that nature. And people just have to recognize that when you, when players are going to play more, the risk is higher that something like this can happen. It just leads to the fact that this is a, it's a one-off thing. It's a, it's a, it's a random thing that happened. And unfortunately it didn't go our way. And last one for me um, in the pre-draft process, much was obviously made of, Chet's frame and his, you know, him just being skinny. Can he hold up in the NBA? Obviously, none of us have seen the medicals that you guys have seen. But is that is that at all related to this, like his frame and being more susceptible to an injury like this? Yeah, no, that the that's why I was saying it's an acute injury. You know what I mean? Um, it's an impact injury. It's acute injury. Um, I, you know, I understand like there's a lot of first level thinking going on out there on that kind of stuff. Um, we can't really control that. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a figment of the alternate reality that is the internet. Um, but that's not where reality resides, right? That's there's opinions and they're facts and we are dealing with the facts. The facts are everything I laid out earlier about the acute injury and the fact that it's extremely rare, um, and actually in the mechanism in which, how it happened. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Joe. Next up, Jenny Carlson. Go ahead with your question, Jenny. Sorry, y'all having technical difficulties. Uh, I can hear you. We can hear okay, you. Okay, I can't yeah, get my video can. going for it's some all right. reason. I can oh, hear there you. I am. Hi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, Sam, you talked about um, how Chet's year, and obviously I know, you know, it's all very tentative at this point, but do you have a thought process in terms of you know, him traveling, um, just how, how can he be engaged to try to maximize a rookie year that doesn't include playing and, you know, what's knowing these injuries have happened, what's the track record for, um, players able to, you know, work on muscle mass and developing yeah. their bodies and all that well, sort of thing. That, I think that's a great question, Jenny, to, to, I don't think, that I can answer specifically what he's going to be doing because we're really just working through the, the, the process right now and logistics. But um, I mean, he's already lifting like he, you know, he's already, he, you know, he can shoot, um, you know, uh, with that window, you know, non-weight bearing, like he's, this guy's going to, he lives and breathes basketball. That's one of the reasons why we, why we wanted him so bad. Um, and he's going to find ways to get better, even without us. We're probably going to have to pull him back more than anything. Um, but that's something that Mark and I'll talk about. Mark will do great with this. We'll have him engaged. Um, and yeah, Chet will, Chet will be a huge part of, you know, what we're doing, but obviously his health comes first. If it doesn't, if it doesn't benefit him to be on the road, then we can't let him go on the road. We've got to make sure that everything's focused on uh, getting him healthy, but He's already upper body lifting. Um, 
you know, he's going to have to be non-weight bearing for a little bit, but then he'll get on the floor and um, he'll have a ball in his hands every day. Um, and, you know, we'll see where it takes us, but I can't give you anything specific. There was a second part to your question. Yeah. Um, just blanking. I'm sorry. You, you hit on a lot of it, but just in terms of how do you maximize, uh, especially a rookie? I mean, you've had, oh. everybody's had guys miss a year, but when you're but, a rookie, how do you really yeah. try to maximize? Well, that I mean, that's something that we have to, we'll think through, but there's a lot in your rookie year that's coming at you that I actually think, you know, it's, he's going to get to be able to take that in, you know, while rehabbing and, and developing, um, you know, from just getting the schedule, figuring that out, dealing with all the meetings and, um, uh, and, and just the cadence of the NBA and that stuff that I've talked to Nick about actually a little bit, and we'll get him involved as well. But as I said at the outset, I mean, there's a lot of guys that have missed their first year and have gone on to great careers. And maybe part of it is because their assimilation is, you know, a little bit different. I don't know. But um, we'll find a way to maximize it. We'll be thoughtful about it. Um, and we'll get through it. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Jenny. Next up, we have Andrew Schlecht with a question. Go ahead, Andrew, with your question. Hey, Sam. Uh, I was curious how this might impact uh, some roster decisions that you guys have upcoming with camp if you if you may want to keep somebody like a, a Derek favors uh, just because you're going to need guys to fill the center position um, or if you were just going to continue on business as usual with kind of some back end of the roster we, we just had it we I'd be honest with you Andrew we just haven't had a chance to kind of process that sure. you know the last few days have been really intense on um, getting the assessments, uh, making sure we're with the right physicians, uh, understanding the injury, understanding the, the, the long-term, you know, um, prognosis, making sure that we have all that lined up, you know, that stuff, we'll sort that out. You know what I mean? We'll sort that out. Not to say that it's not important, but, um, we've got plenty of time until we get there. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out, but, um, we just, I haven't, I couldn't answer that right now. Yeah. And are there examples, you, you seem positive on the long-term prognosis of his injury. Are there like examples in the NBA or the NFL that you guys like draw that from specifically, or is it just like him, his specific injury from a doctor's point of view? I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I'm never going to come up here and pretend that I have that expertise. Um, you know, um, the, the way I'm speaking to you is the way we're being spoken to. Okay. So, you know what I mean? Um, the injuries are very, very common in the NFL and people come back and play um, all the time um, and return to form. Um, you know, the basketball players that have had these um, have have also done the same. So we can only work off of that information. But, um, you know, I'm not I'm not the authority, medical authority, um, but um, we're nothing we're hearing is telling us that. Um, there's anything beyond like a positive prognosis, as long as it's, as long as it's um, operated on. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Andrew. Next up, we have a question from Cliff Brunt. Go ahead with your question, Cliff. Hey, uh, so you mentioned the internet and, you know, a lot of hopes have been put on Chet, uh, even though he's a rookie, uh, there's a lot of energy about him mm -hmm. uh, being here. And uh, a lot of, like I said, high hopes put on him. 
but without him, some fans will say, oh, well, it's time to time to tank, time to get another really high draft pick. And they'll look at it from that standpoint. What do you say to those people? Because that's a reality on the Internet and among fans that lose hope when a significant player goes down. Well, the first thing I say is like a major oxymoron, like reality on the Internet. It does not exist. Right. <laughs> um, uh, it's an alternate world. It's not. It's like a play world, you know, um, but uh, I would just say, look, I mean, I think our team has gotten better year after year. And the way we have um, built our team, or I should say repositioned team, is so that it doesn't boil down to one particular game or one particular season. And we're on, as I said, a bit of a climb up a second mountain. Um, there's going to be these types of setbacks. I think this one is, um, you know, the progress is a lot harder to see than the setback the setback happens quickly like this is a quick thing um but the amount of progress we've made in the off season relative to the players that we've added um the improvement a lot of our existing players um though some of the things we learned last year um i mean we're coming into the season i think a, a, a an improved team um my hope is that we'll be able to say that for the foreseeable future based on the way we've repositioned the team. If we can take some steps forward this year um, in, in areas that I think can be sustainable, um, not just optical, but sustainable, then you can add Chet Holmgren to that team. And then, so I, I look at it as um, like, I'm not trying to, to try to um, convince anybody because you can't, if somebody has an irrational point of view, and they've gotten there through being irrational. I, I can't talk. I can't say anything that's going to help that. That's just the world they're going to live in. We just have to focus on what we can what we can control. And I think that we have a group of guys that will continually get better for quite a long time. Um, but we're still scaling the mountain in the Western Conference, and we have to see where that goes. And so we come into every season um, the same way since two thousand and eight which is we have to wait to see how the season unfolds. I was reading a book the other day, Cliff, it was um, is a, like a, an investing book. And uh, it basically said, there's a famous quote that says, there's two types of investors, the ones that don't know and the ones that don't know they don't know. And so I don't know the answer to that question. Like, I don't know how the season will go, you know? And, and if you anyone thinks they do, they're probably not right. So we have to see how it unfolds. And we've done that every year. And some years we've been surprised and some years we've been disappointed, um, but that's the beauty of sports. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Cliff. And we have a question from Barry Trammell. Go ahead, Barry, with your question. Yeah, uh, Sam is forever how long Chet is out in terms of 100% of, uh, capacity to play how much is that going to impede his development? This season was all about finding out what kind of player he is and, and getting better and, and those kinds of things. How much does that uh, impede that? And how much of that could still happen, even though he's not cleared to play? Um, I, you know, it's, I mean, that's, you're asking my opinion. I can't give you like a specific, you know, I mean, my opinion is, I mean, Embiid, Simmons, Griffin, 
like a lot of these players, they, these guys are getting better so quickly because from the ages that these guys enter the league, they have such a wide range um, of growth. You know, they're getting better for eight, nine, 10 years, especially with the way that guys are playing longer in today's NBA. So um, I don't think that um, missing the first year is really going to change the outcome. I think it's more of an emotional response from a lot of people. Um, I also think you can make the argument that in his case, he could be uniquely benefited by, um, by the time. Um, it would be better if he was playing. Um, no question. I think the thing that we will lose is just the interactivity with his teammates in terms of on the court, like what works, what's working, things to try. Um, that, sure, that's you know, that we're going to lose that. But I don't think he's going to be like, I don't think he's going to get to the end of his career, you know, in 15 years. And we're going to go, geez, he would be a better if he just had that first year back. I don't think that's going to happen. It's he's going to get better just by getting stronger, just by seeing things differently, just by learning the NBA, all that's going to be happening. Um, he's going to be able to shoot. He's going to be able to do a lot of things with the ball. It's just the on-court piece of the symmetry with the group. Um, but we have our, we have plenty to work on, not to discount Chet's role. Um, on the team. Cause I think it's going to be vital and critical, but our team is so young and so new that we have plenty of things that we need to harness and work with and mold and learn about and observe. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm really excited about that because, um, I, I think, I think there's work to do, you know what I mean? In a positive way, Chet will, I don't think will be behind in any way, especially because, he's such a junkie and he's so thoughtful about the game. His mind is going to be looking at things extremely deeply uh, as he goes through the season. And, um, it, and like I said, Barry, like there's something positive going to come from this. It always happens that way. When we had the injury with Westbrook in the, um, uh, the Houston series, you know, that, that was, that was a tough one. Right. But we went to two Western conference finals after that. And a part of that is just the way we rallied and the way we took that situation in. I really think it's important. If you're going to be in the NBA, this is a business with a lot of chaos. So keep in your head and understanding, like, like, don't be surprised by things that happen that don't go your way. Like that would be naive. And we have to have humility and gratitude about everything that happens to us. And I think that will bear itself out and Chet's development will, um, will be benefited in some way long-term as a result. Thank you, Sam. We have another one for Jenny Carlson. Go ahead, Jenny, with your question. Hey, Sam, you mentioned, and you just referenced this again, you referenced how Chet has approached this. Um, you said that it, the way he was made you think he's even more so the right guy for yeah. you. Can you just give us a little bit of insight of, you know, I'm sure there was vast disappointment to start, but what, yeah. what sort of, what have you heard from him? What have you sensed from him in that regard? Well, I've spent a lot of time with him, you know, um, recently. Um, how do I say this? Um, 
I mean, he, he, he's, he, he wants to be really good. He cares a lot. And, um, you know, he's all, he, he, the thing I'm really impressed with is he's, he's not an outside in guy. He's not looking outside for his validation. He's not looking, he's not looking to compare himself. Um, or, or I think his disappointment is not in what other people might think or say it's in genuinely, he loves basketball and he loves the team. Like he wants to be there for the team. Um, he's also highly intelligent and he realizes that this is a setback and now we got to get to work and he's going to figure out all the, he's a very, very mature in this way, I guess is what I would say. Um, and he understands like, you know, he's disappointed. I don't want to just, just, of course he is, um, you know, uh, especially, I mean, he's never really been, he's never experienced an injury, you know? So this is a tough thing to not be able to just walk out on the court and play. Um, but his mind is I'm going to work on what I can. I'm going to control what I can. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get it done, you know? And I just think there's a maturity to that. And there's an authenticity, authenticity to his desire. Um, and his disappointment is coming from, and it should, it should be disappointing. It, it should hurt, but it's coming from the right places. It's intrinsic, you know, it's intrinsic of who he is. Um, and that's why I said to the fans, you know, I was like, let them know you care. Cause this is the, a lot of times, you know, players are great players are, they, they, they get adulation for what they do. He hasn't done anything yet. I think what makes playing here unique is people want to support the players because they're, they're players. They're the, they're the, they're the thunder players, whoever happens to be in that uniform. And to feel that early on, I think is, is uh, going to be even, even, even greater. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think he's, I think he's well positioned to do a good job with it. It's not, there's going to be some tough times now. Don't get me wrong, but he's got what it takes and um, he'll be ready when he's ready to come back. I think he'll be a force. Thank you, Sam. We have no other hands up. Anybody have any other questions? Get your hand up real quickly. Okay, that's a wrap. Thank you, Sam, very much. Thank you guys for jumping on um, quickly like that. Really appreciate it. When we have more information, um, you know, we'll let you know. Um, but we, we thought it was important that once we had a clear handle on things that we would, um, we would get in front of you here. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, everyone. Recording stopped. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.